up, everybody! Stop laughing at my what? <laughs> at your what? <laughs> my what? Welcome back to another episode of the Alternative Blacks podcast. I am your host, Tyler. I'm Chris. Wow, cool. So we are both here to bring yet again another episode of ABP to you. Uh, thank you for being part of this experience with us. We want to give a shout out to Oak Brook Brewing Company for being a day one supporter located at 628 Park Avenue. I finally have it memorized in Reading, PA, Millmont's uh, area of the city. Make sure you check them out. Small business, still thriving uh, during this time. And we want to make sure that they still can push forward and put out even more beers for years to come. So make sure you support them because they support us and they're just overall great people. Uh, we're gonna ha- we have a lot to talk about today. We got, we gotta do some more unpacking. We did unpacking last week and then more stuff happened because 2020 is racist. Um, 2020 is racist. <laughs> but do, do we wanna do beer first before getting into any of that just so we can start off on a positive note? Yeah, man. Um, so today, what we have for you is Winding Path Brewing Hazeway IPA. Uh, it's out of York, PA. Oh, really? Yeah. Winding Path, apparently out of York, PA. It says it right here on the can. We're not too far. It's a hazy hazy IPA, of course. Um, hazy, juicy, tropical IPA with aromas of mango, pear, and notes of tropical fruit and berry. It is very tropical. It's, I, I, I was feeling mm. some like floral notes at first but i'm just way off it might just be that mixture of like mango and pear being Mm. kind of light yeah the the pear comes through real nice on this this is is delicious i enjoy this a lot we were unsure but i was like yeah they have a yeti let's go for it hey man (laughs) that's part of the yeah it was slim pickings that's part of the process though is like sometimes your can art will draw you in so your can art should never be better than your beer (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is very true because you'll be left with disappointed customers, customers, patrons, whatever you want to call it. Speaking of patrons, you can always support the show through our Patreon. We need to get like a plug effect, like it's just like a sound effect that says plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So before we get into any of that, let's do the sample game. But before we get into that. Well. What do you rate this beer? Oh, you right. I get I get excited. Um, this is a seven four. Let's see, uh, percentage. Sorry, not not my oh, rating. Say, Whoa! It's off the charts. Um, hmm. I'm not sure. Do you? Have, wow. Canned by Windridge Farms, which is also pretty cool. I think I've seen that before with them. And when Windridge Farms is a relatively local. Uh, they they make cider Ciders. mostly. Yeah. I think they do have a couple beers, but I would give this an easy three five, three seven five. Yeah, I'm mm, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with ooh. I'll go with a three seven five. I'm I'm doing three seven five because it just hit me. Seven seven point four percent drinkable and crushable. <sighs> crushable. Crushable <laughs> The reason I'm going three seven five versus a four, which four is like my like cutoff for beer that I would always go back to. Um, this is really good, but it's just not as deep um, as I want it to be for a hazy. You know, so, you know, it's very juicy, it's very delicious, but it just doesn't quite hit as hard for me as I'd like it to. So and we're all about them hard hitters. 
That's right. That's why you almost went with a Weyerbacher. They had the cases of Blithering Idiot and Mary, Mary Monks. Monks. We could have had both. We, we, poor K Nolos Dos. <laughs> I'm working on my Spanish. Your Espanol. My, my Espanish. Oh, we just lost a bunch of people. Uh, yep. All right, let's get into the sample game. That's an easy three seven five. You know, you you add the two and then divide the two, and uh, I think it's three seven five. So that's that's the average. <laughs> sample game. All right, yeah. cool. Let me stick to the math. So this is I picked the sample partly because of, and we might have done this one already. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I did this. And this is good because I think you have a sample for me. So maybe you saved us on this one. But I did this one specifically because of um, the passing of Chadwick uh, Boseman on Jackie Robinson Day, actually. Um, yeah. That's... And we'll, we'll unpack that in a little bit. But this sample is from James Brown. It's the funky drummer because it's used like as a sample in over a thousand songs. Because he's one of the most sampled, if not the most sampled artists of all time. Uh, it's Funky Drummer out of 1970. So here's here's the sample. Oh, get it! Mm, man, I was funkin'. I I didn't even really listen too hard. I was just like, mm. yeah, mm. this is so funky. It's a funky drummer. They might have sampled the drums. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, I'm glad we did this again if I accidentally sampled it before. Because I do not... Mmm. Run it, run it one more time. <laughs> run it back. Oh, get it! That's such like a... It's classic, Iconic and it's drum. used so often. So there's multiple right answers, to be completely honest. But I'll give you a hint. You know, they add a little spookiness, eeriness over it, and uh, it comes off an album from 2006. To be honest, this isn't anywhere near the song that you picked, I'm sure. But this freaking sounds like the, uh, it's just one thing that got me tripping. That's what I get from uh, that. I wonder, did they sample? Yeah, did they sample the, uh, this song as well? Oh, they might have probably. I, I don't but see I, it. I'm I'm at a loss, complete loss. Okay, well, I've used this before for "Fight the Power." Mm. They they use it, so it's not "Fight the Power" this time, but it's. Cool. You bastard! I know, I got him on a lupe. God damn it! Lupe Fiasco the Cool off of Food and Liquor in 2006. Got you, bitch. All right, well, fuck you. This is my <laughs> sample, and it's way too easy if you're a Lupe <laughs> fan. So here we go. This is from, uh, this is Cortex by, I'm not even, I'm going to try to pronounce the name. Here, let me look. Ch <laughs> Chanson Dunjour Diver. Oh, Diver. <laughs> Spelled de Hiver. So it's French. Shut up. Here we go. Here we go. And here we go. You say it's Lupe? It's Lupe.
It's not the one with Jay Z, is it? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Damn. What album is it from? What album is it from? Yeah. It's from Tetsuo and Youth. Oh, that's why I don't know it. <laughs> well, listen to Tetsuo and Youth because it's one of his best albums, damn it. <laughs> so that's not... Well, that's fair. You've been telling me to listen to that album for years. Since it came out right. in college in 2015, Yeah, I've been telling you to listen to it. Well, I finally have title, so maybe, maybe we'll put it on my list. <laughs> well, you won't have to wait too long because it's from the first song off that album, Mural. When I click on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good job. That was that was a great pick, Chris. I wish I would have listened to the album. Well, now you get to listen to... Well, I got to get to the part where, where, the, drum, where the, uh, the guitar actually comes in. Because that was like the main piece, although the vocals are over this the whole time. But... The, the guitar sample is what stays throughout the whole song. It's like a nine minute song, so, and just one verse, one whole verse. Ooh. So it's a little sped up. And then you get the vocals. So this is pretty much just a sped up version of yeah. the original song. Oh, I like it. So we're 0 for 2 today. We are 0 for 2. Wow, maybe next week we'll do better. Maybe we should start doing like, okay, this is going to be the theme. This is based off of a specific idea or topic, and we have to present a sample in that way. I like that. Write it down. Sorry. Write it down. Producer? Producer! Oh, wait, we still need one. So, if you are a producer in the American area... <laughs> or if you would like to produce a show, have uh, always been interested in being part of a podcast, maybe you want to do some research yourself and see what goes into producing a podcast, hit us up, because we need help. <laughs> Hit us up because we're dying here. No. <laughs> help, help, I need an adult. Pretty much. But uh no, we're we're always looking to expand our team. I've been listening to Lovecraft Country Radio because I've been watching Lovecraft uh Country, the HBO show. And at the end of every episode, they list off all the people that work on their show. And it's insane. And realizing it's just you, myself, and Anador at the moment that are working on the show, it, it becomes even more evident that we need a bigger team to help us grow. Because we, I say this every episode, I think I'm very happy with where we're at as a show, but I know there's so much more we can be doing. And because 2020 is deciding to be so bold, I decided... Lee racist. Yeah. We need to be bolder. Not racist, but we need to be bolder. Uh, not Colorado. And... <laughs> And I'm really looking to amp up production, amp up uh, just in a lot of different areas. But that kind of segues into what I wanted to talk about in in respect for the show is um, shame. Before getting into shame, and it comes from Lovecraft Country, we do want to spend a moment. I, I'm sorry. I'm over the place. This isn't a very note-heavy episode. Um, we're just riffing here. We're riffing. Off the cuff. Chadwick Boseman. And his passing. Do you, I, I think we deserve a couple minutes here to unpack. Um, yeah, it was crazy. I hadn't heard it. Um, Melissa came into the kitchen. She was like, did you hear about Chad Bozeman? I'm like, no. Because already I'm just like, really? Like this year, if you say, you, 
normally if you say you did you hear about so and so it's like oh did they, they died but this year especially it's like as soon as the question's asked it's like you just assume automatically that's what happened um and at first i thought what kind of bullshit was, was it covid was it some racist shit or was it just uh, like a horrible accident and to find out that he was fighting, was it colon cancer this whole time? For four years. For four years, you know, silently. Diagnosed at stage three. Yeah. So. And at stage four, it got him. But yeah, so not so not only was he battling this, but he was battling this with grace uh, and still produce. When we talk about an actor who played some of the most iconic roles Absolutely. to ever play from Jackie Robinson to Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, and then to put Black Panther on the map the way that he did. And I think that was the most heartbreaking thing for me was you, you had a character, you had a person who personified this character and inspired numerous like almost it's almost too much to count how how many how much of an impact on the black youth he had and to see some of the images that came out afterwards with a lot of these kids saluting him with wakanda like the wakanda salute forever um it, it was a little too much to process i finally got some tears out last night uh on sunday when i was watching the tribute to him on abc because uh, it was just it was one of those things where it was really hard to process. It was kind of it, re- it was reminiscent of Kobe for me in the sense of you just couldn't believe it. And then again to see him fight and then go back and watch some of the interviews that he was talking about when he talks about these kids that he was reaching out to uh, that were fighting cancer that died from cancer and to see how choked up he was getting and now to really understand what he was carrying on his shoulders because. He did such a selfless, selfless thing. Almost, I I would say almost any of us would put out there to the world, this is what I'm going through, especially when times get tough. I mean, and being an actor of his caliber, like you have to imagine there were tough days on set where he could have easily said, hey guys, I just need like a little time. This is what I'm battling through. And to not do that and go through what, like four or more movies during that time, never letting on to that, going to children's hospitals to inspire kids with cancer without ever revealing that he had it himself and was going through the same fight. Yeah, it's... To to just decide, I'm not sure how much time I am given, but I'm going to make every second count. It's just... I was already a fan of his work, because he was one of those actors you kind of forgot about the actor. You just felt like you were seeing a character. Yeah. You know, which is a crazy, especially when you're doing real people. To do Thurgood Marshall, to do Jackie Robinson, to do James Brown. And every time you do it, to personify that person to such a level where it's just like, oh, this is an actor. I'm not really watching yeah. the person on screen. Um, that That's tough within itself. So it's just, I just wanted to give... Give our respect, you know. He he changed what it meant, I think, to have 
pride in being black and just being overall a great person. And um, we wouldn't be doing his legacy or his memory any justice by not bringing up the this tragic passing um, because I think he's inspired a new generation. I agree. Um, so it's it's it. Twenty twenty sucks. Twenty twenty is racist. Twenty twenty is awful, and this is just another. And and, and it's sad that it, this isn't going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, this is the year that. Um, that Chadwick Boseman died. It's going to be more like, this is the year Chadwick Boseman died and COVID and Kobe and uh, John Lewis and all these other people. And we have all this uh, civil you, unrest you going on right George now. George Floyd. You, you have George this, Floyd. Uh, you, you have Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor. Jacob Blake. And pro the protesters that are being, uh, being assaulted, killed, um, for standing up for what's what's morally correct um it's just it's a terrible time uh in that in that sense uh, it's a necessary time you know it's i don't want to say it's terrible because it i think a lot of for a lot of people or the like the prevailing narrative is like it's way worse now than it was a few years ago and to be honest, it's not. It's just all the bullshit is coming to light, and now it's in your face. I, I think that's very important. It, it, when a lot of these conversations get brought up, and it's just like, it's not necessarily that things are worse. It's just that they're being shown so much. It, the, the saturation of it being shown is just highlighted. It's just blown out, right? And it's... um for as much as being shown on the actual actions and the things that uh, have been taking place, it's also now really shining the light on your racist aunt and uncle. It, it, like, not yours in particular. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I saw you pointing at me there. That's Come on. But just in general, it, it's really showing the true character of those around us. I, I find the, the amount of things that get brought up on my timeline where I'm like, who the fuck is on my timeline saying this bullshit? Yeah. And it, I, I think that's what 2020 has really done. It It's really put a magnifying glass on our character and we are all falling short and we all need to do better. Um, and that's that's just my hot take on that. So fuck 2020. This isn't the shame that I was talking about when I brought up. We're going to talk about shame on this episode. What we're going to talk about is the shame of liking something that is out of the stereotype that's been molded for you. Right. And it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of what we've always talked about or kind of what we always wanted to steer the conversation towards. Um, Which is the, the reason it's called alternative black, because there is a mold of what there is a perception of what black looks like. If you're black, these are the sports that you're involved in, or these are the artists that you like and listen to, or these are the things that you gravitate to. And to do anything outside of that is odd. 
where that will be a alternative route and you are an alternative black. Wow. Name drop. Drink. <laughs> for, everyone <listening laughs> for everyone listening along, that ooh, we should create a drinking game for the show. A self-imposed drinking game? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll do it if we recognize it, but everyone at home should be drinking while you listen. Man, we're, we're, we're really limiting our, our mark. Oh, wait. Everyone's working from home. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the, the, the episode around shame came from listening to Lovecraft Country pod, uh, Radio, which is the podcast in response to Lovecraft Country. Uh, one of the writers, and I forget who else is the, uh, the host of the show. Uh, take a look back at all of the underlying like messaging and things that are happening and just kind of unpack the the show, which is Lovecraft would be H.P. Lovecraft, who is this prolific uh, sci-fi writer who is notoriously racist because 2020 is racist. Um, of course. Right. And it's this weird journey. Uh, I've explained it as Stranger Things, but make it black as, as well as... Um, American Horror Story, but make it black. And it, it's based off of this novel that was based off of somebody that, uh, and again, I'm terrible with names. I'll put it in the description maybe if I remember. Um, it's based off of a novel in response to Lovecraft Country uh, books and stuff like that. And just, it's this narrative out of Chicago uh, of this guy named Atticus who comes back uh, from Jim Crow South uh, to find his father who's gone missing and says he's found the uh, family legacy and ends up in Lovecraft country, which would be around the Salem, Massachusetts like area. And just all of this weird shit starts happening. So you have the story about racism, about family structures. You have a look into religion and obviously HP Lovecraft and sci-fi and everything. But we, during the first, not the, the first full episode of the podcast, they talk about these two characters, uh, Letty and uh, Tick, and it was about this shame involved with being into sci-fi. Because sci-fi stories weren't made for black people originally. I mean, when you look at comics, comics weren't made for black people. Enter Black Panther. Again, this is why we had to give that shout-out to Chadwick early in the show. Um, and the shame associated by being interested or liking something that is out of the mold and having to deal with that especially in a culture like we're fortunate enough that we're more like we could walk into a craft brewery and not be like told to leave the eyes might say something differently but we're not told to leave right whereas in this world you walk in somewhere and you are essentially told to leave. Or if you aren't told to leave, you have to pick up the fact that the sheriff's coming to kill you. Before the sheriff comes to kill you, you need to get the fuck out. Um, so we're not dealing with that. But it, it, it was sort of the same type of shame where you, you're in this racially divided world. And now you like something that your community kind of judges you for liking. And that shame and how do you process that and how do you go forward with that? So that shame isn't the same shame that we deal with in terms of, you know, the perception that comes with being into craft beer. So I, I don't know. I, I thought it would be fun to unpack, you know, what those different obstacles and the different hurdles. We talked about barriers of entry before, but 
just on a personal level, like what were our barriers of entry or what was the shame associated with being into craft beer? Did you feel shame? Me? See, it is very interesting. I did not um, because I think I think I originally had to get over like the snobby hill, which is interesting because I'm not that type of person really. But it's it's kind of like I start I didn't start drinking until I was 21. Mm-hmm. Me neither. And as all as as all God fearing Americans <laughs> that we are, we we didn't start drinking till we were 21. And uh, okay, <clears throat> okay, you honestly didn't, but yeah. All right, continue. Uh, but in that, you know, I, I came to craft beer not too long after I was 21 and I was drinking then not to get drunk or get wasted or anything like that. Cause I don't like that. And obviously if I wanted to do that, I would have been able to do that in college before I was 21. So I was drinking because I like food and I like drinks and I like tasting new things. Um, so I started drinking beer. I'm like, okay, this beer sucks. This beer doesn't. All the beers that they're drinking to get shitty, they suck. Why would I even want to? I'd, I'd rather just like drink iced tea or something. Um, so I got into craft beer once again because of you and your dad and... I was like, wow, this amazing world of craft beer. This this isn't anything like all this other beer. Like the macro beer, all that stuff is like in such a small column of the entire beer world and spectrum that it's kind of a disservice to say I don't like beer. And the only thing you've ever had was Budweiser, Miller Coors and the stuff that's even worse than that, you know? So say it. You want to say natty and just go ahead and say it. I'm not going to give them the time of day, which I did, which you just did. I'll even say Keystone, but I won't say natty. God damn it. Edit that out. <laughs> anyway, so I I went I went through this kind of like awakening of craft beer in this way. And the way I thought of it is, hey. While I was in college my senior year, I'm like, yo, let's try let let's just try all this beer out. Like, this sucks, clearly. You don't like it, you don't like it, and you know you don't like it, but you drink it anyway, or you just say you don't like beer. This isn't beer as you know it. Try it, please. And I'm trying to, you know, get people into craft beer. And I got a few people to try different things and and whatnot. Um but you know, I think it takes it takes a certain mindset that's not the norm. Right. I mean, the norm in college is you're drinking to get drunk and you're trying to get the cheapest stuff possible because no one has money, right? Well, where'd you go to school again? Yeah, no. Well, no one I dealt with had money. All right. Most people I dealt with didn't have money, so it, it's one of those it's one of those things where you know it's by your means. And you're going to get the cheapest thing there to get the most utility out of. And if you're thinking of drinking in that way, then you're not going to be thinking about craft beer because it's expensive. Uh, Even though 
you might go to a place and get, uh, say you get a Budweiser for $2 or $3, right? You can get a craft beer for $5 or $6 and it would be twice as alcoholic. So if you're, if you're trying to get drunk, you would technically want to go with the craft. It's like the same difference. And it's, it tastes better. And it tastes better. It's just no one wants to it's, – it's weird with like food and drink that no one wants to step outside that box. No one wants to take that risk. Yeah, um, and we've talked about all the barriers of entry and all of the different psychological things that go on with people to where they really don't want to. Um, so so that, that being as it is, um, I was just trying to push myself to get out there and get other people out there. I was like, hey, at least try it. I know you're not going to like it, but hey, try it. You know what I mean? Um, so... And I was like, I was so down on everything else beer-wise. And at a point, it even got to, because craft beer in America has turned so heavily at a point to IPAs. Mm -hmm. And it's IPA, and then when it gets colder, you do stout. and Or a porter. Or any dark beer. Dark beer, for some reason, is it's weird to me that dark beer somehow, everything dark beer doesn't get shunned in craft beer the way lagers do in beer. And I think that just happens to be because all of the macro brews in America are lagers. They're all lagers. Everything is a lager in like macro beer except a Guinness, which is a stout. Mm -hmm. So you have this automatic like rejection of, of this particular style and there are great loggers out there. They don't, a lot of loggers don't have the same variety, I guess, that IPAs seem to have. But I think that might be even more so of on the production side. No one wants to come and see all these different loggers. They're here for the IPAs and that's what's hot and that's what's popular. So myself, when I, when I was starting out, I kind of just shunned this whole section of beer lager. Well, it didn't help that we had the uh, dream uh, dream machine that IPL. Oh my god, that thing! So, well, it, it, and it's and it's interesting because okay, dream machine from Magic Hat. Magic Hat, yeah. Because I think the first craft beer I ever had was Magic Hat Number Nine. Yeah. Which is just like a standard. It's IP a great. It's intro. a standard IPA. Um. And. We tried. We we went and did like a bunch of different uh, mix and match six packs, just trying different things. We had no idea what we were doing. Cherry wheat. <laughs> the Sam it's Adams. like cherry, and then wheat. <laughs> and and you were instantly handed your sommelier <laughs> yeah certification <laughs> license. You you are now a sommelier. So you're just getting top-notch reviews from this podcast. Oh, is what always. I'm trying to say. But what what I'm trying to actually get to in this long-winded talk is, I had to come back down from ill loggers, ill stuff that isn't wild and crazy, and just appreciate the fact that there are, there is craft beer and good beer out there that is quality, but isn't your an IPA or isn't 
some crazy concoction of different hops or some crazy concoction of different flavors that they put in the beer. You can just have a good beer that's just, hey, this is a lager, but it's from a good brewery and it's quality. I I think that's a very interesting point. I'm going to allow you to continue because I love when you start going on these rants. Um, Because usually I'm the one that's going on the rant on the show. Uh, When we talk about my, like, critical ratings of beer, you know, and I say I might give something a three. A three isn't saying it's bad. I'm I'm calling it, you know, pretty much a a staple. This is just how my mind works. And the three is your, like, average beer in terms of this is a good beer. It's not, like, jumping out of the water. Uh, Refer back to our episode on our untapped ratings. Right. (laughs) But um, I I think that's very interesting. There's nothing wrong with being average. There's there's nothing wrong with doing something well, like well enough, you know, to to a point where it's good. And I think when you initially get into something, you want to be the best or you want the best of something and then not realizing that, hey, somebody can make a good taco. Is this the best taco in the world that I've ever had? With no. all these unique ingredients right. and all this top notch. No, but is this, is, a solid is this taco? a solid taco? Would I go back to have a solid taco? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that, that that's a very good point. And I, I will talk later on coming back down from this snobbiness back down to this like acceptive. Like, right. Because I think, you know, we have... We have the we're having we're going to have the talk about being shamed out of certain circles because you like craft beer, mm-hmm. but there's a shame in craft beer or a snobbiness where you put put shame on people from the outside, and I think that's the more profound thing because it's a barrier of entry. Mm-hmm. You are you are turning people away from wanting to come in because you need this crazy exotic type beer and if it's not that it's shit it's nothing it doesn't belong here and i think it's kind of like the uh there's exclusiveness to it it's uh because i just finished the office um oscar same yeah oscar from the office actually oscar is the perfect craft beer snob character he's the actually right he's the actually so imagine going into a craft brewery never having a craft beer in your life sipping something like Sort of like what I did today, where I was just like, oh, I, I, I'm feeling floral. And a beer that has nothing floral about it. And imagine having somebody who's... Well, Tyler, there's plants in here which are fun. technically... Some of them might be flowering plants. You yeah, don't know. True. But but then having somebody over to the right who overheard me say floral. Well, actually, if you would have bothered to read the can... But yeah, or actually, if you would have been you know up to snuff, you would have tasted the notes of mango and, and pear... pear. Fruits and, and berries. Yeah, and it finished with a nice tartness for the berries. Like right. You would have known that. Right. So there is those people that exist within that this community, and that is the other level of shame. That, that is, it's You have the level of shame from even being bothered to try something out of the norm. Or, yeah. And then the shame associated with not knowing your shit. So then you have shame coming from you, it's like, directions. A yeah. <laughs> it's like a pincer attack. <laughs> German, German. Here. <laughs> I didn't eat today. Yeah, me it, neither, It's slightly actually. early for this. 
And uh, it's going to be a great episode, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping you guys made it so far. It's only about, like, halfway through the episode. Yeah. Um, But, but, back to the point of the of the shame in the craft beer, almost a snobbiness. It's funny because, and I promised I'd get to this last week on, on the live stream. This isn't necessarily snobbiness, but in the time it kind of sounded that way. Oh, is this the Harry story? So the Harry story. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. After all the racist bullshit that you would have heard on the IG Live. And if you didn't see the IG Live, it is now like on the actual like uh, the IG TV, TV. thing. Uh, and every Thursday that we don't release an episode, you can find us on IG Live, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Anyways, continue. So after me and my girlfriend were called the N-word and we walked into the brewery very angry, we sat down and we had flights. I had a I had a flight of my own. She had a flight of her own. Good friend Harry, friend of the podcast, always on the live streams. I'm sure you you've seen him on there. Um, he goes for a hazy IPA, and we're at Home Republic Brewing in Virginia Beach. He goes for a hazy IPA. The IPA comes out and it looks crisp, like see through crisp like uh like a cider or just like a standard ipa so so not very hazy not very hazy in fact zero percent opacity hazy i mean this thing is clear this thing is clear as day so he looks at it and he's kind of like what in the world i i thought i ordered a hazy so he's looking at the menu he's like i have to have maybe i ordered the wrong thing or maybe she misheard what i said the waitress misheard what i said so he takes a sip of it and he's like, this ain't it, chief. And he didn't say that verbatim, but that's sort of what he he that's what he did. He was <laughs> like, this ain't it. It's like, I, I got to say something like and he fought. He fought. He fought with himself for a while. But it's like, you know what? I could have just ordered the wrong thing or it could have just been a misunderstanding. And I'm not just going to trash this beer because this could have been a beer I didn't want. Right. So wait, just comes back. He's he's like. You know, I, I I ordered this particular beer. I can't remember the name of it. But she's like, yeah, that yeah, I, yeah right. that's the one we got you. And he looks at it. He's like, I ordered a hazy IPA. And, I mean, this usually when I order a, a New England or a hazy IPA, it, it you know. It's, it looks like what we're drinking today. It looks today. like what we're it's drinking today. Hazy. It's cloudy. It's usually it might be unfiltered, and you don't you definitely don't see through. You can't see your. your I don't hand. see my finger yeah. on the other side of this. That's glass. a good test. Yeah, that's a good test. Your hazy do. test. So he's like it, it, and and he's like it doesn't look like a hazy, and <laughs> it tastes just like a regular IPA and not a very good one. <laughs> that's what he, he said. said that. <laughs> wow, he bold. It is twenty twenty. <laughs> He goes, it ain't it, it ain't a hazy IPA, it tastes like a regular IPA, and not a very good one <laughs> to the waitress. And I just immediately like, what is it? Uh was that from uh one of those animated animal movies of the ooh? <laughs> like in my mind, that's what I'm thinking. We all just looked at the waitress like <gasps> He's not with us. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone. We we're just like, okay, Harry, I didn't know you had that. Had that anger in you for for a hazy IPA, but she's like, oh well, you know, I 
well, uh, do, would you like something else? And so he ordered uh, another beer, like a, a, a an Imperial Stout or something, uh, which came out and was really, really, really good. Um, and I think I might have actually had that one in my uh, in my flight. And I'm trying to. Th- it was like it was like a maple Imperial Ooh. Stout. It, it was good. It was very good. Most of the other beers weren't that great. That one was good. Um, but then she comes back maybe. 10 minutes later with a little taster of the hazy and she's like hey like they're supposed to flip they're supposed to flip the bear uh, flip the keg to keep to keep everything from settling at the bottom because it's a hazy it's not filtered yeah. so she's like here is what it should be and she gave it to him in a taster she's like here you go um you know just to have like you know this this is actually what it is this is actually our product right right so he uh he tasted it he he gave it around to everyone i didn't taste the original like everyone else yeah. did cuz um i i just didn't get around to it but i tasted the hazy that you brought back now it was cloudy it looked like a hazy when it came back so problem number 1 solved problem number 2 was the taste of it mediocre at best it was not that good how long not to bring up the story but how long has this brewery been around 2018 so pretty new pretty new and i so, I, would, I would have to argue that your new england hazy style is still fresh it's fresh everything there is you know in the works um so you know that being as it may, because IPAs have been around, I I I don't I can't think back two years ago and like point out a New England that I like like this was the style. I'd probably I'd probably have to search my unta- basically just search the Untapped just to see I mean, what there, life was like you know, a couple there, years ago. Yeah, but I is, I wouldn't be able to t- like there hazy is, one. is there's like one that I remember like uh yeah I'm there I'm sure there's but it wasn't a few as it's not big like as it was now yeah. in my opinion I it's, could be wrong no you're you're, co- you're correct you're very God <laughs> and no. we're cutting him off <laughs> your you'll never have it uh, you're fighting later yeah um no you you you're you're correct it's definitely New England IPA is definitely the wave right now um but I I think they they were around a couple of years ago. It's it's just they're huge right now. Uh, so to to have one, you're kind of throwing your hat in that ring, right. and people are going to be pretty critical of of them at the time. Uh, th- some of the other beers were pretty cool. They have some cool concepts going with a couple of their beers. They had a sour that looked really interesting. I ended up not not going mm-hmm. with that one, but it, it seemed pretty cool. So, you know, with these newer with the newer breweries, you know, we we've seen it we've seen it a few times now with newer breweries. You start, you're trying to get your legs up under you with how you're coming up with these beers and how the people are going to receive them. You know, you, you when you start before you have your location or you're canning in different places, brewing and canning in different places and don't have as huge of an audience, you might not have as much critical feedback as you need at that point to really sell on the larger scale so when it's when it's two years in you know 
you just kind of you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And now, if we go back two years later, you know, at, in twenty twenty two, and the beer hasn't improved, now we we say, you know, okay, this just this isn't a place. It, chief. This ain't it, chief. So, as far as that goes, hey, check them out. Their food sounded amazing, but we had already ate. Um, that was the second brewery we stopped at. And you know, your appetite has been like kind of stopped with racism. So. Yeah, exactly. That, that that was also that's also a good point. I for, I forgot about that, and you brought it back. I'm sorry. PTSD. Um, that actually might be a really good episode because I I think that is is a real thing. Like you, like the PTSD from racism. No, it is, and they talk about that. Even it it even shows itself generally generationally in within DNA. Again, another another, another episode. episode. We don't want to take too much away from. What we were talking about today, right. but uh, but I wanted to give that story because it kind of fits in with the topic of kind of the beer snob. I'm not calling Harry the beer snob. I wouldn't call him a beer snob. But that that comment was that comment was bold. Thank you. There are, and he he later like he later said, "Hey, you know, I wasn't trying to be rude, or I wasn't trying. You know, this is just how I felt about the beer at mm-hmm. the time." Uh, but there are people who are who would say these things and still be dicks about it. And at that point, you kind of you're going to lose people who are trying to get their feet wet in the game, quote unquote. You right. Know what I mean, and I think it's very important. I think it's not just important for craft beer. I just think it's very important across the board. If it's music, if it's food, if it's craft beer, it's understanding Unless you are, like, fucking certified in whatever and you're really talking about, is this even an IPA? Or is this even considered hip-hop? Unless you are that person, you we just have to really be understanding that when we say, I don't like this, or this is a bad beer, is it a bad beer? Or is it just not for you? Right. And I think that's even what the right. world at large... If more people took that approach across the like the nation... Yeah. Let's talk about the nation. Is let's it not bad talk about the world. or is it just, I don't like this it? This ain't for me. Yeah. And I, I think having that type of understanding or that t- type of outlook really starts changing how you approach people, how you approach policy, because it doesn't have to revolve around you. Absolutely. It's a, does this fit the mold for me or does this hit all the boxes that I'm looking to check off? No, I personally am not here for it. Do I understand that this could be working for other people? Yeah. Can I at least put myself in someone else's shoes? But see, that is the profound point there, because to get to that point where you can say, it's just not for me, I see how, because this is how I try to, to rationalize things. I'm like, is this something that I just don't like, but I can see the utility or I could see the appeal to other people that aren't me and don't think the same as me? Yeah, okay, then it's not objectively bad. It's just, it's 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 not mine. It's right. not my opinion. It's bad do, to me. Do people like to listen to Drake and Taylor Swift? 
Sure. Sure. Is it objectively bad? Yes. <laughs> no, like I, I see, I, 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 I get it. I get, I get the Drake thing. He's super. Everything is super catchy and whatnot. Cool. If that's what you're into, fine. I like substance and people who aren't fucks. So, hey, we didn't lose a listener with Drake, and we're not losing. Look, Drake if fans. you're listening to us by now, and Drake is going to be the last straw, I don't believe you listen to our full episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Because at least once an episode, we have some we have some fire for for Aubrey, uh, but I you know and and that's kind of like how I rationalized beer too because back to when I was coming up with it, I kind of shunned these beers that I didn't like originally, and I realized maybe like a year or two ago, it's just maybe my palate just wasn't ready for that. Maybe I just wasn't there yet, you know. And it, I had this snobby approach. It's like, oh, this is disgusting. This is trash. Maybe it was me. Mm. So I've decided to make it a point to go back to beers that I have kind of shat on on the first try years ago because now I've had so much more. I've had so much more variety. I believe that I can make a far more objective critique or decision on a beer now uh that being said i have boston lager in the fridge for that very reason it was there there wasn't much else there i was on my way home and i'm like boston lager i shat on boston lager the first time i had it but it's boston lager it's not a bad lager yeah i had it and i'm and i have it and i'm just like ah this is not bad i sam adams after cherry wheat um <laughs> was just like a no-go for me their Oktoberfest? Their Oktoberfest is good. Shit. Yeah, their Oktoberfest is, uh, is objectively good. Yeah. And I think that's just really the nature of the beast is being able to reevaluate things and to go back. I mean, we look at newer breweries, but we can look at older breweries, Sweet too. Baby Jesus. I still have to go back to Sweet Baby Jesus. I went back to Sweet Baby Jesus from DeClaw in, uh, in Baltimore. Baltimore. The only reason I'll go back to it is because they blew my fucking mind with All Along the Hop Tower. Yeah, that's one of the best beers I've ever had. And they don't do it anymore. I, I don't know how we start a campaign. I don't know what <laughs> happened in the first place. That is one of my top three beers. Like, I love that beer, and it hurts my soul that you I went can't into drink the, it. You went into the Trump-like hand-waving motion there for the best, the best um, beer. But I agree with you. That beer was amazing. So they have the technology. <laughs> they have they have the skill, you know. And and I tried Sweet Baby Jesus again, um, also because Alyssa had the other version of it, which was more peanut butter than chocolate, Ooh. and it was like Sweet Baby or Sweet No, it was a Sweet it Baby Red. It was a coffee version of Sweet Baby Jesus, like Sweet Baby Java, which I haven't had, but. She was raving about it. I I was like, I need to go back to Sweet Baby Jesus because I completely destroyed it the first one or two times I had it, and I never went back. And I tell everyone it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. I wasn't ready. And then I had it again, and I'm like, huh? It's still not great, mm-hmm. but it's basically like a. Less flavorful version of Purple Monkey Dishwasher from Evil Genius. Evil Genius. 
And Purple Monkey Dishwasher was the beer that got me into dark beer. Yeah, because that it's amazing. So I was like, man, sweet, uh, you know, sweet baby Jesus isn't really that bad. It's not like I can trash it to people. I'm just like, hey, it's a standard. It's a standard porter. It's chocolate peanut butter. If you're into that kind of thing, um, it's not. It's not gonna blow you away, but you know what? It's not bad. It right. really isn't bad. And I think that was that's kind of my coming around to things and where I kind of have to leave the snobbiness and just kind of be a little more knowledgeable of what I'm trashing and kind of be a little more open to things that aren't the sexy thing in craft beer, which right now would be a hazy IPA. You got to kind of be a little more open to that. If you see a lager and you like a lager, go for the lager. And, you know, you can take this idea and kind of in craft beer and kind of just spread it to your life. Do not do not completely shut something out because it's not something that you would it's not normally for do. Right. Exactly. It's not for you. It could be for someone else. So please keep that in mind. So it's like really interesting that you bring that up um, in terms of not shaming from within the craft beer community. That's a lot of what we talked about was right. the shame that is associated within, especially for you, where you said you didn't really notice too much because of you just kind of jumped into it because you weren't drinking prior to that. So you just drank stuff because you liked it. Right. Whereas somebody who... May have been drinking before they were 21. Not going to point fingers at myself. Um, All we're saying is do the math on Tyler's untapped joint date. <laughs> it was like a month before I turned 21, all right? <laughs> Didn't just, you check in like 20 beers in the first five minutes? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was like five. It was like the porch rocker from Sam Adams. Not bad. Always comes back. Not um, bad. But like talking about the shame that's associated from outside, about the shame about being in craft beer. And I think I we were having this conversation about seltzer, like the hard seltzers. And it's just like, I I said in the past month and a half, I've drank more seltzer beers than I am proud to admit. Um, and you shouldn't be proud to admit. <laughs> see, this is the shame. <laughs> no, I just, I guess I can see the utility of a hard seltzer. I see the utility it's healthier. of a hard, no. It's good for a mixed drink. <laughs> like adding it in to yes. get like instant carbonation in a mixed drink? Right. Ooh. Oh, no. I've added it to like tequila and stuff like that. It's been phenomenal. So, ooh. So, you know how you're adding like you can do like club soda and tequila. But now we do. Add hard seltzer. Ooh. Yeah. Game fucking changer. <laughs> you had an Andy Bernard face there. Yeah. Nard dog. Nard. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's it's very interesting though, because when I started drinking in college, but <laughs> <laughs> please believe me. <laughs> but when I was drinking in college at like frat parties and shit like that, right? You were having Natty Light, you were having Keystone Miller. Like no, all you these. were having Natty Light. I was okay. okay. Okay, I was drinking all these things when when this was happening. You know. Even then, I was sometimes pushing the mold, I thought, by having, like, a Bex or having a Heineken. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Should have been in Reading. Heineken's right. a big thing. That's true. Behind Corona. 
But because of because of being in Germany at 17, going to an Oktoberfest, having some really good beers and having like some substandard beers, but this is what you, we just drank on a regular type of basis type of shit, which one of those were like a Corona type. Um, Probably still amazing compared to yes. the macro stuff here. Yes. And it was just, it's just a very interesting thing because there was being at a frat party saying, no, I don't want Natty. Can someone go pick me up? A case of Beck's. Or let me get, because my dad was introduced me to beers, let me get a uh, Penn Brewing Bach beer. So I was drinking heavier stuff before I was into heavier stuff. Get, well, I liked yeah. Bach beers. I didn't like Stouts and Porters. Bach is kind of like on the it's edge. A, yeah. It's like a little bit of a lager. Yeah, just like a heavier, yeah. heavier lager. But I was still getting that like weird, you know, look. At that point, I was like, why are you, you know, you're spending, it costs you $5 to get into a party, but you're spending $20 to get six thing, like six pack of beers, but you can drink like 50 beers here, you know, like, but again, when you talk about ABV and you talk about flavor and stuff like that, you weren't getting there, but there was that shame. So I started becoming more of the person who would be like, I can drink whatever you put in front of me. Oh yeah. But whatever what, what was flex that was, Vlad. Ooh. God. So it was like a weird flex that like who really wants to flex on that? You apparently. Apparently. <laughs> but just being able to drink like whatever and, and just being able to I think it wasn't about being able to drink whatever, but being able to go with the flow. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. So there was that that association with it. But I was still ended up being because I wanted the flavor, I wanted all these other things. When we went out to like bars and stuff like that once bars were introduced to me because you know i was finally able to (laughs) (laughs) once i was able to drink legally i was introduced to bars and well that was a game changer they were giving you the beer (laughs) or the mixed drinks and it was like wow you know i don't have to tell anybody what's in my cup yeah you know most people who are drinking miller light aren't asking what are you you drinking? drinking yeah so my beer looked darker, but I might have been in a darker area of the bar. So, wow, that's that's a pretty profound, uh, pretty profound thing. I didn't do a lot of bars in college. Mm. I really didn't. Um, I ended up working at a bar yeah, as which, a pizza shop, bar, restaurant. It was weird. Yeah. It was a great mix, but they were they were like really in touch with the culture of craft brew. So they had their pulse on things before it became popular. Because what he would do is, this is Indiana, PA. So it was like, bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. But he would go to New York City and see what was happening in the craft beer scene. Mm. So when Anderson Valley came out, like with this, it's sour. He was the first. He was he, he was the first there. person to give me a sour beer. Ooh. And it was, lit, I'm talking, this is oh. 2015. What was my first sour? But like, think about it. 2015, in my opinion, sours aren't popping. Sours just started popping. So Yeah, sours got popping maybe two years ago, right. three years ago, when they like hit hard. Like a lot of them were starting to brew around 12 to 13. Exactly. And, and that and was then, the thing. I was going to yeah. introduce to these type of stuff right there, like right on the edge of like, I'm leaving. I'm done with my like. Bar hopping fit. Well, no, I'm not done with my bar hopping phase. I'm, not, I'm done with my party hopping phase. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. 
the bar, bar hopping now compared to bar hopping in college is way different because you're just like now bar hopping is you go from this bar, which was chill and relaxed and has this really cool draft list. Now you're going to this other bar that's cool, relaxed and has this really cool draft list. And like you just talk to the bartender and just or whoever you're with. And it's more of just like this interpersonal talking thing, which to me, I never thought I'd like get into <laughs> in public. Yeah. You know? It was kind of interesting. Home. And going back to your point quickly, I don't I do not know what my first my first sour was. I don't I can't I'd have I you know what? I'd probably have to go on untapped and yeah. look. Sour monkey changer. was probably one of them. Yeah. That was kind of earlier in the Well, let's talk about that too. Because again, talking about barriers of entries and, and things of that nature, it's how are these breweries or how are these macro? Because we can consider Victory to be a macro of <laughs> macro, micro. Like, macro. No, yeah, definitely. Well, you, you here's, just, here's the other thing, though. I, I thought that. I thought that until I went to New Orleans and I realized, you know what? Victory is a southeastern Pennsylvania brewery. They're big. Don't get me wrong. They're big. The reach isn't that big. But how, how big is their reach? Like... Something like something like. Could you get victory in New Orleans? I didn't see a victory on the list. That's actually. interesting because I was just in Philly and found a Nola at the foodery. Was it? There's a no, there's Nola Brew. There's a Beta, which I've seen up here. A Beta's everywhere. Exactly. A Beta's so one. Yingling. Like uh, we we talked Sam about Sam Adams. Sam Adams. Well, Sam Adams, obviously, Macro. but then uh, Stone. You have <sighs> fuck fucking Stone. fuck Stone, but you see Stone everywhere. I don't know why. You have because they're uh, bullies. Anyways, you have places like Twenty First Amendment. That's uh, true. You have Sierra Nevada. You yeah. have so you have these. Okay, huge, Sierra Nevada is like. You know what I mean? Like Sierra Nevada's cusp. You know, I, I will say Sierra Nevada's cusp. But you have like these huge, not huge, but you have these craft beers right. that are okay, that so are national. So it's long everywhere. story short, Victory isn't as macro micro as I think it's macro micro. But what they do very well is their monkey series the monkey is series such is an incredible idea because bring it, back white monkey, please. Yes. It's um, it introduces you to new styles. Hey, we have twisted monkey. I mean, we have golden monkey, right? Boom! Here's like your heavy hitting fucking Belgian style like triple. triple. Yeah, hot. Then then they said, okay, here's a quad. Which I've never seen after V V twelve. But no, just going back to strictly monkeys. That's right. They're they're monkey, which they have their own Instagram on. (laughs) But they they introduced you to vast the the white monkey twisted sour. Yeah, you have a Belgian. Then they come out with the white or with the sour, sour, which is golden monkey sour. Then they came out with white monkey. Which was Golden Monkey in a white, white. wine barrel, mm-hmm. aged in a white wine barrel, and then now they have Twisted Monkey, and there's a new monkey, and I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but I just saw it like a week ago. There's a new monkey. They keep coming out with these different series, and what that does though is you fall like you stumble upon any of those monkeys, and because it's the same brewery and it's a series. You are now more likely than not to try a different version or a different monkey. 
and and that's when when we talk about barriers of entry, when we talk about how do you get introduced to new styles and stuff. I think Victory has done a very good job. It's sort of like Voodoo Ranger with New Belgium. Ooh, 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 ooh. You see the variety of Voodoo Rangers that they put out. So you fall in love with any of the Voodoo Rangers, you are more inclined to check these out. And I think the reason I brought it up on and the shaming and everything, it's it's what did Sam Adams do? Like Sam Adams, I think, is actually pretty prolific in terms of any other brewing company on that scale that says, here is a Boston lager or here's just your like uh, a light beer from Sam Adams. But now you start when they say we have 60 different brew like beers while from a shameful, you know, bougie uh craft beer snob well they're not really craft beer sam adams probably is one of the best into introducing you into craft beer from a macro level absolutely sam adams is everywhere their boston lager on a macro scale is so much better than any other lager macro you can think of and then they have all of these other variants coming off. I mean, they do but a I'm, lot I'm of I'm still sure variants. they're one of the owners of like a 40 that they don't put their name on. I think you're right about that. Right. So there's still that like suspect so st- bullshit. So they're but, mac- but they're they're macro, so we still so, still fuck them in that sense. Yes. But they do a really good job of an introduction. And I think that's the conversation I was really leaning into or the the ending point or it doesn't necessarily have to be an ending point of this conversation, but when talk about the shaming from the outside world I, I think, you know, once you start seeing companies like that start to lean more into how do we introduce people into different flavors, it, it comes back to the end of the for, – for me, it's people like flavor. When, when you say black people don't love beer, that's just bullshit. Black people yeah. haven't been marketed to like beer. Mm-hmm. You have put a price point at a sense to try to – exclude this demographic the reason that craft breweries are a red flag for gentrification in a neighborhood is part of the issue and until these things are addressed the barrier entries are still going to exist because it's the advertisement to the black community or the underprivileged community that you, these people don't even know what a craft beer is because they've never heard of it because they don't see it. And if you don't see something, you're not going to obviously have dabbled in it. And But they're add, also not meeting them where they're at. Exactly. Nobody, and we talk about this often. Four City the talks reason, about exactly, it. Exactly. The reason it's a red flag for gentrification is because it shows up and doesn't try to uh, – Integrate itself, ingratiate itself, include the community. It's just it's an we're going to be here because yeah, it's a wall. We're here because this is getting walled off, and it's getting it's changing, and all these white people and privileged people are going to come in and like our beer. We don't care how we stay open, as long as we stay open. As long as we stay open, but in doing that. You're ignoring the reason that your clientele looks compl- looks like it does. Monochromatic. Ooh, monochromatic. I like that word. Yes. I, I, I use it often because I it's my way of saying <laughs> do better in, in, in plain English. In, in my, 
monochromatic. There's this one. Sorry. Anger. Yeah. yeah I, Frustration. I am, I am frustrated because it, it Force City does a really good job of explaining, like, we decided to be here because we wanted to reach out to the bodegas. We wanted to reach out to the barbershops. We wanted to figure out what do they need. Oak, Oak Park Brewing Company was just like, okay, we want to make a beer for the people. What is that? What does that look like? An Amber Pilsner? So good, too. Game-changing style of beer. Absolutely. And... Once again, they're always doing things for the community. They have their pulse to the community that they're in. And they you can tell they give a shit about the community, about bringing people up, about where they're, where they're at. It's not just about we're going to be here and we're just going to brew. The history of beer, too, and where it came from. Absolutely. And what it means to pour some out for your homie. And how that is more of an ancestral tribute and not just a arc of a gangster movie. You know? Right. Absolutely. And I think that's important. Like when we talk about a lot of things, I, I, I remember maybe a month ago or even not that far ago, one of the last episodes, actually the last episode we've recorded, I went over to Steven's. And um, sat on the porch and we were talking about stuff, drinking some seltzer. And oh, yeah, I remember and driving bad. you to go pick up some seltzer. Yes, yeah, awful, was bad. um, terrible. But at least it was in like a college town, so like <laughs> it was in Reading. Um, it was in Albright. We were at a Weiss next to Albright, the only Weiss in Reading. Um, but I remember having this conversation with his brother Billy. And it was just like, the conversation with Black Panther really wasn't shit. And I was just like, well, as a movie, like, taken away from the cultural impact it has, yeah, like, it was just another Marvel movie in terms of how it was shot. Like, it wasn't anything mind-blowing in terms of how it was shot. What it did culturally, fucking amazing. amazing. You look at The Graduate as a movie, it's not a fucking groundbreaking movie. Culturally, it did some stuff for white people. So, yeah, The Graduate still talked about as a classic. I don't give a fuck about The Graduate, but you know what I give a fuck about? A lot of people give a fuck about and why the passing of Chadwick Boseman is so hard. It's because culturally they did a fuck, a fuck ton for a culture that needed a fuck ton done for it. And, oh, I had a whole rapping point and I just fucking lost it. <laughs> Who were we talking about prior to this? Ooh, beer, beer. And why it's important to be part of the community. Oh, and culture. And this is why it's important that like black people are a part of it is because a lot of times the importance or the historical like roots of things are taken out of context or left go. And so the fact that black women were an integral part of brewing craft beer and still integral part, not craft beer, of brewing beer in Africa. But that gets like Push to the side. Black people don't like beer. We originated beer, yeah. right? When when you talk about uh, pouring it out in the historical con like context that it is, it's not just the fucking like oh yeah in the ghetto you know you pour out some for your homies. No, it's literally pouring it out for your ancestors. Is the amount of things that black people had held on to without realizing the ties to Africa? Right, uncon like subconsciously. Right, you like America broke up nations. When they brought them over to America. Not immigrated, but like slaves. Um, yeah, definitely not immigrated. Right. 
the the amount of things that actually we're still able to hold on to, like even when you talk about oh, why do like by people who are poor and stuff like that, they they want like they they're flashy and stuff like that. I was like, well, that there's actually a lot of historical con- like components to looking good, like right. that that's not just a like. One is just not a black. It's not just a black thing because you you well, look at European it. kings and all, wearing 10, 15 rings on their fingers, right. or, you know things like that. Right. Wearing purple because it was expensive. Exactly. That kind of thing. Right. But so you you start bringing all these other things to it, and it's just like hip hop. Like we're we're gonna act like griots weren't a thing. We're not gonna talk about like history being handed down through music and real life stuff being handed down through music over beats because the beats helped bring up the memory of what needed to be told it, it, like and we we look at rap music as this not like actual influential thing and this is where it all gets frustrating you know rap music is the base behind pretty much most modern music as it stands and so including to wrap country it up, music exactly to wrap it up the reason why i brought up all those things at the end of this episode is to speak again on one, why we're doing this, two, why it's important that we have these conversations based off of craft beer is because there is, one, a lot of history behind it. Two, it, it's much more than beer. It's not just beer. It, it, it's about gentrification. It, it's about representation. It, it, it's about all of these hierarching concepts that don't get approached or don't get... Uh, discussed about when we're talking about the issues within black communities and to say black people don't like craft beer is to me another way of saying we're not going to identify this group of people as human Mm. for the for the people that want to say all lives matter or i wore my black people love beer shirt and someone made the con uh comment about well don't all people like beer so it's like yes yes they do that's you're the kind point. of getting it now, aren't yeah. you? But you're not. They're not. Right. And until that is understood, that these rooms that turn up monochromatic probably shouldn't be that way. And why is it? Until we start thinking deeper and more critically about these type of talking points, it's going to be hard to change it. That and that—that's primarily why this show, this episode, these these discussion points are important to me. And that's why the black, the white moderate, rather the person who there we go isn't objective or sorry, the person who isn't outwardly racist, the person who doesn't you know go around hating black people on a conscious level are probably the most dangerous to the change we seek because they're the same people that aren't affected by the people that these moderates aren't, which are the radical, you know, the radical alt-right racist, outwardly racist people. Right. Everyone can, everyone can look at them and we will say, Oh, they're terrible because they're who they are and they think what they think and they do what they do. The white person the white moderate would say, you know, they're terrible for all that, but they're not us and they're not America and they're right. not our country, but they are. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fact of the matter is they benefit from the same things that you benefit from, which are the same things that we do not benefit from. 
And that's the issue. Until you say that they're wrong, but they're wrong and the system's wrong because it supports them. And I understand that you are being oppressed. Now we can have the conversation and move forward in a good direction. Right. And there's a thing that there's a image that circulates around social media to end this uh, that basically says, you know, it's not that the laws or the things in place are outwardly racist. It's just the fact that as it stands without racism, like nothing that's being done is necessarily racism. But on its own, if these principles were put in place without the racist being involved, it still subjugates one section or a section of people. It still benefits these people over that. And that is the racism that Absolutely. we were talking about. That is what we mean by systemic racism or systematic racism. It's it's the things that even if we did nothing based off of race, based it off of still race and benefits. interpersonal connection and history. Exactly. And, and I think that is the, the main point. Uh, I want to thank everybody for st- uh, listening this far into this episode. We appreciate you greatly. We have a Patreon account. You have my DMs. If you want to contribute in some way, please do so. I think I'm leaning more towards if you are a Patreon subscriber, what we're going to do is we're going to start giving you the topic ahead of time so that you can voice your opinions and then we can talk about them or at least if you send us a video or something, we can show them on our social media to start the conversation. So that's going to be part of that. Um, We're looking to build our team. If you want to be involved in that way as well, please hit us up. But until next time, peace.